Twin Steamer projections in the outfield on today's episode of Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 5th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. You can follow the show at Lockdown Twins. We're rolling on. We're steamrolling on with Fangraph Steamer projections. Going to the Twins outfield today. Yesterday, started with the Twins infield over at Steamer. They're 22 2022 projections are out and there are some really interesting numbers and I thought there were yesterday too I think for a majority of the infielders if the twins were to get that season from that player in their projection they'd be happy I'd be happy and I'd be satisfied with that season and and give it you know a B season right like a a passing grade and a, a strong passing grade for most of them a couple that I thought were conservative both catchers I think I'm higher on Garver and Jeffers for next year than Steamer is. And then maybe some that are a little more ambitious, like Jose Miranda, projecting Jose Miranda to be better offensively than Jorge Polanco next year, which uh, is ambitious, but could be, could happen. It could happen. I'm just saying I wouldn't bet on that, but it's an interesting projection. It goes both ways. But I think overall, very, very reasonable expectations, projections here from steamer and I want to continue with the outfield for the twins and there is a big outfield projection there's a couple on here I look at and I'm impressed by I look at and I say wow that's that's nice you know that's that's acceptable again that's an acceptable season there's some on here I'm not super happy about or I wouldn't be super happy about if it happened And then there's some right in the middle that are probably just about right. We lumped in Nick Gordon with the infielders yesterday. Uh, He's on outfielders for Steamer. But we're going to look at Kepler, Buxton, Kirilov, Larnick, Rooker, Celestino, Jake Cave, Kyle Garlic. That's who they have playing at least three games uh, next year for the Twins. I don't know if Garlic will be on the team. I don't know if he'll he'll log in at bat for the Twins next year. But Steamer has him reaching home plate 14 times plate appearances 14 times for the twins in 2022 jake cave 46 plate appearances so we'll look at those projections in the outfield i don't want to start with byron buxton because that's kind of like you're starting with the the rosiest and the best player on the team right so we'll say buxton for the end of the show let's start with his roaming mate in right field max kepler because there's been a lot of offseason chatter about max kepler will he be on the team next year will he be traded you know, is he going to be the starting right fielder on opening day for the Twins? It remains to be seen. I don't know. He is redundant with some of these other guys, even in the outfield. But you add that in, Luis Arise gets added into that. Now Miranda coming up. There's a little bit of a logjam in the infield. Could push someone to the outfield, like Arise to left field, or Miranda if the Twins felt comfortable with him being there. So there is that logjam a little bit. And Max Kepler just seems like, the most likely of the veterans to go. He really does. Outside of Josh Donaldson, and I would put Kepler with Sano, it just feels like of that group, he feels likely 
It, it just does. And if you're looking at his steamer projection, I think it's a good reminder of the player he is and the player he can potentially be. And this is the player he is. Steamer has Max Kepler hitting 233 next year. And for a corner outfielder, that's just, you, you don't get fired up about that. 328 on base, slugging 443. That's a 110 weighted runs created plus. So when I look at it that way, like if I look at the weighted runs created plus 110, they have him for 2.3 wins above replacement. He's a solid regular, right? When you look at it that way, you look at the the numbers at the end of it. When you don't look at the fine, the average, and the on-base percentage, you look at the numbers at the end and just compare his OPS or runs created to the rest of the league. He comes out as an average player. But what I've written before is that Max Kepler compared to right fielders, compared to corner outfielders, just doesn't cut it offensively, and he caps the ceiling of the Twins because you could put someone with more upside offensively in right field like Kyle Schorber. You could put Schorber in left field, move Kirloff to right or Larnick to right. You could do something like that. And Kepler defensively is great. We know that. He's a top three at least right fielder in baseball defensively in his career and especially over the last couple of years he's lost a little bit of a step he's had hamstring issues has impacted him but defensively still there Fangrass has him for a negative defensive war next year which is interesting but I think we can count on Kepler as a solid defensive right fielder who has some pop they have him for 24 homers 24 doubles he's still like I don't want to I don't this kind of happened with Eddie Rosario when Eddie Rosario, the decision was kind of looming and we were breaking it down, it went from Eddie Rosario doesn't really make sense anymore, especially at that salary, to Eddie Rosario isn't good. And I don't want that to, to be what happens with Max Kepler. I don't, Max Kepler is not bad and he's not, I wouldn't even put him, I would put him average to above average. Like he can reach above average levels and at times he's below average overall. But when you add in about a league average bat with solid to, sometimes elite defense, you have an above average player. And so I don't want the Kepler conversation, if if and when he's traded, to become he wasn't good anymore. It's not about that. This is still a great projection for him. This is a solid player. The Twins would like this line a lot next year from their right fielder added into strong defense. I don't think that this is you know, a, a poor projection for Kepler to hit 24 homers, 24 doubles, three triples, you know, three, two and a half wins above replacement. It's it's not a bad line. And he would be fine on this team next year. Like he would be an asset for the Twins next year, uh, Max Kepler. So I know that sounds crazy because just in 2019, when he was hit 36 home runs and he was a four, four win player, it sounds crazy now. But the truth of the matter is Max Kepler has reverted back to who he was pre-2019. And I don't want the perception. It feels like the perception has been that's not a good player. He's not a good player. It's not true. That's not true. And I think if he were to produce this line next year, he could help the Twins or another team if he's traded. We'll continue with the outfield, Kirilov, Larnick, and later Buxton after this word from Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. 
Here's an idea for the new year. Go all go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all your treats. Replace them with Built Bars. Built Bars are delicious and they're healthy. And you can go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at Built.com. Thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. Looking at the Twins, steamer projections in the outfield. Max Kepler, we talked about a solid line. I would say this is about right for him. And if he's a two and a half or three win player next year, that'd be great. I mean, that'd be that'd be nice for keeping expectations at a reasonable level. Alex Kirloff, steamer has Kirloff playing 110 games, hitting 268 with a 322 on base and slugging 459. Weighted runs created plus of 110, 18 home runs, 22 doubles, two triples. 63 runs batted in, 97 strikeouts, 30 walks, and 461 plate appearances. A lot to break down with Kirilov, too, because he's hard to project. When he was healthy last year, Alex Kirilov was everything and more you could have hoped for. And it was a very small sample, but he hit for average. He hit for power. He went on a tear, and he was looking like the middle of the order, left-handed bat the Twins desperately needed, actually, at that point of the season in May. And then he gets hurt, hurts his wrist, comes back, just isn't the same. Power isn't there. Still hit for a decent average, but just wasn't the guy we saw in April after he was called up and then into May. So he's hard to project. And he's also hard to project because that was, you know, a half season of his rookie year from a top prospect, from a top 15 to 20 global prospect. Expectations are still being formulated for Alex Kirilov. For me personally, I think he is in line to have a big-time season if his wrist is healthy. I think he showed us when his wrist was healthy that he answered those those power questions because I think it's forgotten. The biggest question with Alex Kirilov was never about average. It was never about on base. He's going to hit for a high average. He's going to get on. He's going to make contact, consistent contact. It was, what's he going to hit for power? What's he going to slug, right? And I think when he was healthy, he almost looked like more of a pure power bat than anything else. And if you add that into an already great contact hitter in the minor leagues, and in 2018, one of the best hitters in the minors period, you could have a superstar in your hands in the middle of the order. And I don't think that's crazy to see. I, I, crazy to say, I think we felt that way, and I felt that way coming into 2021, that Alex Kirloff could step right in and make an immediate impact. And I think in his future could reach that level because we saw power uh, I wasn't sure that was going to be there, right? I just wasn't quite sure what the power numbers were going to look like. But when he was healthy, just awesome for Alex Kirilov. Interesting projection, only one win above replacement. I, I think that's conservative. I think if he's healthy next year, it's a big if for a lot of these guys, and it's the biggest if for the star of the Twins. But if he's healthy, I think he's going he's gonna to produce. I think he's going to be a 4-5 hitter for the Twins. My lineup right now on opening day against Lucas Giolito Goes Luis Arise, Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, Josh Donaldson, Alex Kirilov, five. So that tells you my confidence in him for next year as a true middle-of-the-order damage bat. Alex Kirilov, decent projection. I would take the over. Trevor Larnick, also in here, 91 games. Steamer has him hitting just 234 with a 315 on-base percentage, slugging 391, just a half win above replacement, 95 weighted runs created plus. He's interesting for next year, too. Like, I don't, I don't know what to expect from Trevor Larnick, really, next year. Similar to Kirilov, we saw some outstanding things from Trevor Larnick. Like, when he first came up and Rocco Baldelli was hitting him third in the order, really relying on him to drive in runs, 
early, early-ish in the season for the Twins. They needed Larnett because Kirilov got hurt. They needed a left-handed bat. And he uh, he answered the call and then just hit a hit a wall. You know, couldn't hit breaking balls, then was late on fastballs and just wasn't getting it done, gets sent back down. So how do you evaluate him for 2022? I think it's interesting. And you also have to think about prospect pedigree. We're looking at a 80 to 100 range global prospect, top five to six prospect in the twin system after he was minor league hitter of the year in 2019. I think for Larnick, my expectations remain and maybe not as soon as 2022, but a 240, 250 hitter. So right in there on base in the 330 range. I think he showed some discipline that I wasn't sure about coming into 2022. And then hopefully he slugs like 450, 500. But I think you're looking at a high 700s OPS, a decent defender in the outfield, not great and, and made some blunders last year, definitely, but a 30 home run bat. And I hope that's what he turns out to be. I just don't know if you can expect that from him in 2022. And Steamer kind of agrees on that. Let's get to Byron Buxton, Brent Rooker, and the rest of them after this word from Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. It's a great interface. Plus, you use that lockdown promo code, you get a 50% or 50% off uh, or 50% welcome bonus, excuse me, on your first deposit. So use that promo code, go to Bet Online. Let's continue with the outfield. I want to talk a little bit about Brent Rooker's projection because Steamer likes Brent Rooker. A decent amount next year. 65 games, just a 225 average. But Steamer has Rooker slugging 436, which is right there with Max Kepler, basically in the same stratosphere as Kepler, um, you know, a couple points off. Brent Rooker, they have hitting 13 home runs, 11 doubles, and a triple. 0.4 wins above replacement and uh, 102 weighted runs created plus. So above average hitter next year, Brent Rooker in 274 plate appearances. I think the biggest thing for Rook, I really like him, and I've liked him all the way through. I really have, and I, I think he showed at times last year the potential when he's timing up pitches. It's very much like Miguel Sano. It's when he's on and when he's clicking, he's great. When he's not, it's too much swing and miss, too many strikeouts, not enough walks. I think the biggest thing that's holding Rooker back has been the platoon splits. If Brent Rooker, right now he's good against both handed pitchers. Like He's he was better against righties in the minor leagues, and it balances out. Like He's not terrible against lefties. He wasn't terrible against lefties in the minors. It kind of balances out to somewhat even splits in his career. And I think if he was horrific against right-handed pitching and great against left-handed pitching, it would be a lot easier to slot him into plans. It would be a lot easier to find him playing time. It would be a lot easier to project him for next year because – I, I think if he was able to hit lefties more consistently and, and not be just average, you know, against lefties, you'd be able to platoon him in the outfield with Max Kepler. It'd be a very easy platoon to make with Max Kepler, but you just can't do it because the, the numbers against lefties aren't there. And I think that's been the biggest thing for him as a right-handed slugger. It's it's not common to be that way. You know, it's it's uncommon to have have reverse splits or even splits as a slugging right-handed hitter. You look at Miguel Sano, who's crushed left-handed pitching in his entire career. If Brent Rooker crushed left-handed pitching, 
it would just be much easier to slide him in. But this is decent. I mean, again, this is another one. This is a great example. If the Twins were to get this from Brent Rooker, 13 homers, 11 doubles, and a triple in 65 games, and a, an above-average hitter at the plate, not terrible defensively, and like a half win above replacement, they'd be happy with that off the bench for 2022, I think. And I think that that's reasonable for Brent Rooker next year. Let's get to the big one. Byron Buxton, 131 games. I wrote an article about this at twinsdaily.com. You can check it out, kind of breaking down the numbers more. But steamer by far in the outfield, Byron Buxton's your guy. 4.3 wins above replacement. I believe that's third in the division or fourth in the division, I think, behind Jose Ramirez, Luis Robert, Yasmani Grandal. Byron Buxton, 33 doubles, 31 homers, 85 runs driven in, 131 games, 567 plate appearances, a 123 weighted runs created plus. Steamer says Byron Buxton will be the best defensive outfielder in the American League and second best in Major League Baseball to only Harrison Bader of the St. Louis Cardinals. So Steamer's projecting like a top 10 to 15 wins above replacement season for Byron Buxton in 2022. And if you've watched Buxton over the last three years, I think you would say that those numbers are pedestrian or conservative because if Byron Buxton plays 131 games, I think the sky's the limit. I think a 316 on base percentage is conservative. I think even a 514 slugging percentage is conservative. And I think definitely 4.3 wins above replacement conservative for him if you were to play 131 games. But still for steamer, that's big. Like that's that's a big line that's projecting a special season for Byron Buxton next year, which is the hope you need. And also a great reminder that this team needs to be invested in because Byron Buxton, if he puts together a season like this, you got to get him some help. You have to be able to supplement with pitching. It's a great reminder. Steamer thinks so too. We're not just, you know, blowing smoke. Byron Buxton, if he's healthy for this amount of games, is going to be special. It's going to be a special year. We know that. Gilberto Celestino, they have playing 15 games. I think he's going to play more than 15 games. Jake Cave, 11 games at an 83 weighted runs created plus. And then Kyle Garlic at three games. And, and very modest numbers across the board for those three. But it's interesting. And it's interesting especially for Cave because I think people forget in 2019, and maybe Cave was a one of the main beneficiaries on the Twins from the Juice Ball, but Cave was a solid, if not really solid, platoon bat against right-handed pitchers. In 2019, we saw what he did in 2018 as well. Jake Cave had better numbers against right-handed pitchers in 2019 than Eddie Rosario did. So this is a fall from grace, and Steamer is buying into his fall from grace. It's just it's a reminder. It's tough to play in the majors, man. Like it's really tough, and your career can uh, can fall off very quickly uh, as you you make your way through and, and face tougher pitching and and just try to keep up. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great day. Go Twins. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day. Follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. Follow the show at Lockdown Twins and go Twins.